Hey, Nick, uh, ask me what I had for breakfast this morning. What did you have for breakfast? What about yourself? Uh, I also had cereal for breakfast this morning. What did you have for breakfast? I had cinnamon checks. (gasps) That's a good one. Yeah, man. Like I picked it up the other day. I was in the uh, I was in the cereal aisle, and I was just like, "Treat yourself." Well, I polished off a box of Golden Grams this morning. Is that right? Yeah, and you know that's I was a latecomer to Golden Grams. I feel like I've missed its heyday. Yeah. What? When did you start getting the Golden Grams? I mean, I want to say maybe college. Yeah. But it's pretty solid. I also have a box of Ikea muesli that's just calling my name. I, I, I don't know about that. Ikea muesli? Is that good? Uh, well, it's big in Europe. It, I know muesli is, but Ikea muesli? Well, I was at their Gefolker market uh, getting uh, a bottled water and some Ligonberry spread, yeah. and they had cereal, sure. and I'm like, I would be remiss if I didn't try their cereal. It's pretty dense, though. It weighs like a metric ton. So, yeah. Do you, do you have to put each and every uh, muesli together? <laughs> I had to build the box, the box and then first. put the cereal in the box. Right. You have to build the bowl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but that's right. It, never, never do that alone. Always have a person with you in order to do it. That's what the instructions say. Well, dear listener, if you haven't figured it out, this is the greatest podcast about cereal you will ever listen to in your entire life. Mind you, it's not the cereal that you might be thinking of when you hear the word cereal. We're not going to talk to you about serious issues relating to war and murder. At least not purposely right. anyway. Well, it may come up, but it has to be tied into that cold or hot, delicious breakfast treat. I'm glad you slid the hot in there, Paul, because I know that you have such a disdain for hot cereal. Exactly. Well, you know, there are certain moments in your life that um, you will just never – you'll never shake it off. You'll, you'll never be able to forget such an unhappy moment. And for me, it was the disappointment of uh, apple cinnamon oatmeal in the 80s. The instant oatmeal, though, right? Yeah, in the little pouch. Yeah, see, that's the wrong kind of oatmeal. That's okay. I mean, I'm back on certain hot cereals, but it's just empirically... it's It's like if you ever get food poisoning from a certain food... It's not that you hate that food anymore. It's just you have this awful memory of the last time you ate shrimp. But you weren't, like, poisoned by that oatmeal, were you? Um, I would say maybe uh, figuratively. <laughs> Mentally. My, it took away my, you know, my sense of rhythm. It took away my whimsical good nature. There's a certain point in your life when you lose that free-spiritedness, that, you know, not a care in the world type thing. And, and that may have been that event. That was your, my, my parents are people moment was when they bought you <laughs> apple cinnamon oatmeal. And on top of that, it was one of those things where, well, you wanted this, so you better eat them all. <laughs> oh, man. That's rough. It was the box of cigars from Brewster's Millions, man. It's like that your parents found a, 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 a carton of cigarettes, and you're like, you're going to smoke them all. You wanted this you- variety pack of instant oatmeal? <laughs> Get on the hot water kettle. <laughs> We're going to watch you eat the whole thing this morning. You better eat it all in the next half hour. Oh, gosh. So we're going to talk about cereal, and that's because we are passionate about cereal. 
I think that we're passionate about a few things in life, but I think mostly cereal. Probably mostly cereal, right? Yeah, I feel like I'm passionate about a lot of stuff, but I don't have a frame of reference for a lot of things that I'm passionate about. For example, mm. I am very opinionated about television, mm-hmm. but I don't watch most things. Yeah, that's a problem with you. But I have tried just about every cereal that I can get my hands on, and I'm very passionate about cereal. I enjoy... I would, I'm going to go out on a limb. I say I enjoy 90% of the cereal that I eat. Okay. But right. I also will not hesitate to like, have one bowl of cereal. I don't like it. Box goes in the trash. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to plow through this novel to see how it ends. That's a, that's a bowl. That's strong, man. That's a strong position to take. Well, you know, there's a lot of boxes of cereal at the Super Target, and I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> so I grew up with cereal – because and I'm passionate about cereal because I had cereal basically for every meal for a long time. My parents had three teenage boys, and at some point they just gave up on cooking for us because how do you keep up with three teenage boys in their stomachs and like eating the entire house? We were like termites. We were like locusts moving through moving through the suburban Atlanta. So uh, they just kind of surrendered. They're like, you, you you just eat whenever you want to eat. We're going to provide you with the materials in which you can construct your own meals and just eat whenever you want to, uh, which is why we just ate ramen noodles and beefaroni and cereal because cereal was so easy to make. And, uh, you know, I, I was making cereal for myself since I was like four five, six, maybe just constructing my own bowls of cereal piece by piece, just like Ikea. <laughs> now, did your parents buy cereal at, in bulk? Did they go to like Price Club or, or something like that? Nah, but yeah, we didn't really have that until we moved to Georgia. So uh, they didn't no, they didn't really do that until much later, until after I moved out. Actually, was when they started uh, when they discovered the, the glory of Costco. <laughs> so how many how many boxes of cereal are are you guys going through? Let's say in a week. Oh, we're going through like three, four boxes of cereal a week. Name brands? Yeah. Frosted Flakes, uh, Sugar Smacks. Uh, wow. Yeah. Fruit Loops, Lucky Charms. That is impressive. How many – and how much milk? Probably I'm gonna, uh, like two, three gallons of milk? Yeah. Oh, man. My parents are still – like they can't get out of the habit of buying gallons of milk. And so like there's no kids in the house, but they're still buying like three gallons of milk a week. And they're like, well, all of our milk goes bad. I'm like, stop buying that much milk. You're killing cows. Get some Parmalat. Stick it in the pantry till the kids come in. <laughs> exactly. When we come back from Thanksgiving, then you can bring you can start buying the milk. But until then, don't buy milk. There was a point in time between when I left when I when we had all moved out, all the kids moved out of my parents' house until my nephew was born. My parents had no milk. <laughs> no milk whatsoever. So I'd go over there and um, we'd have, like, they don't drink coffee. I drink coffee. So I'm like, make coffee. I'm like, Ma, do we have any milk? No. Do we have an half and a half? No. Do we have anything creamy? We have sour cream. Oh my God, this is brutal. That's and like, they'd have milk and it was bad. And now there's milk all the time. With kids comes a lot of milk, man. It's a lot of milk, man. It's a lot of milk. So cows love kids. Cows love kids. <laughs> Cows love California, and they love kids. <laughs> and they love kids. Hey, so when did California get the audacity to just start, you know, treading all over Wisconsin for the Dairyland state or the or the, the real California dairy? Uh, I think that we've proven that Wisconsin is just not able to market themselves very well, and California has always been great at marketing. 
So mm-hmm. that's, I think that's basically it. That's just like, you know, even though Wisconsin has all these cows, they produce like the world, all the world's cheese. I, I think about, it's about 130% of cheese is produced in Wisconsin, right? So it's about 130%. 100, so more cheese than we have. More it's cheese than we can possibly. Well, have you been to Wisconsin lately? I think their attitude is, we don't want you here anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I just I feel like that Wisconsin produces so much cheese that they store it in like silos, just like uh, Canada stores maple syrup and just like surplus. So that they do produce more cheese than we actually have because they've got – in case there's some kind of cheese crisis, Wisconsin's got us covered. They're hoping that cheese is the next currency. Yeah. When the world goes up, like they're going to have all the brie. They're going to have all the cheddar. Oh, man. Cheddar's better. They're going to literally have all the cheddar. You see what I did there? <laughs> They're going to have all the cheddar. Oh, man. <laughs> this guy right here. Yeah. That was my history of cereal and milk and cheese. Where are we going with this? Um, so why are we talking about this? Why? What, what compels us so much that we need to talk about cereal? So Nick and I worked together for a number of years. And when we weren't talking shop, we were talking food. Um, Nick is a fat guy in a skinny body. I am a fat guy in a more fat but less skinny body that I used to be. But <laughs> deep down inside, Nick and I love to eat. And uh, one thing we definitely agree upon is cold cereals in general as, as a delicious food. So we started talking about cereal and the conversations got lively enough mm-hmm. that we thought, you know what, we got to put this together. And and what's interesting, and we've talked about this with other folks, is you know whether you love it or hate it or you are indifferent to it, everyone has some kind of memory or opinion or thought about a specific cereal, cereal in general. I mean, there's nobody out there that didn't have a time in their life that was excited about the Kellogg's Variety Pack. I mean, it's something that I think everyone has at one point or another. Everyone is a kid, and every kid has had cereal, Mm -hmm. and I think people just enjoy it. And and it's, there's so, and now, I mean, it's like a cereal renaissance. There are so many cereals out there. If you think about just the last 30 years of varieties and flavors and brands, I mean, it. you could have different cereals every week. It's true. And I think you'd be okay because by the time you get through all the normal stuff, the seasonals would come out. Yeah, I, I agree with you about the uh, – everybody's got a memory about cereal. I mean, cereal is just like – cereal is that first meal that you can prepare for yourself. Like you wake up way before your parents early on Saturday morning, uh, you know, 7 o'clock, watch the cartoons. Mm-hmm. You're not preparing yourself bacon and eggs. You're not preparing yourself a croissant that you can smear a jam on. You're preparing you, – you're putting down the bowl. You're putting the, the, the cereal in the bowl. You're putting the cereal on top of – or the milk on top of the cereal. That's what the that's, – that's your first independence is that you're able to make your own meal at whatever, six or seven. Yeah. And, and I mean, if you, if you think now how kids are eating like Cheerios at such a young age, I just think that it's something that everyone can relate to. Everyone has a favorite cereal. Everybody – has a cereal that they hate and everybody has a cereal that they've never tried. And I think it's something that's universal with a lot of people and a lot of people have a very strong opinion about it. So 
my thought is, and Nick agrees, is why don't we crush everybody's opinion and passions by forcing <laughs> ours upon them via podcast? It's true. And what's the great thing about uh, our conversations about cereals that we agree on so many cereals, despite the fact that we disagree on so many different foods. Like, for instance, how often you call the things that I eat so hipster. I would just call them healthy. You know, I like a fine juice or fine kale meal or I, 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 uh, I'm repulsed by Applebee's. Like these kinds of things that we just don't agree <laughs> so on. What did, <laughs> what did you have for dinner tonight? Uh, I haven't had dinner yet today, but uh, earlier I had Shago, which was a, a rice bowl from a celebrity food chef in, in L.A. I don't even know what you just said, except celebrity food chef. <laughs> yeah, I had a, an adobo chicken bowl. Which is a which was a couple of scoops of rice and vegetables, uh, spicy chili sauce, and uh, a fried egg on top. I had ribs and julienne potatoes. <laughs> that's about right. <laughs> it was really good. Yours does sound good. See, and that's and that's the other thing too. It's not. I would say majority of the time, I don't think what Nick is eating is disgusting. It's just here's my reaction to most of the stuff he talks about with his California uh, California lifestyle. <sighs> it's just too much. Sometimes it's, it's too just much. too much. Yeah. Sometimes when you're ta- when I talk to you about food that I've eaten, I feel like that you think it's a little too precious. It's too precious uh-huh. that I've eaten. Yeah, it's almost like it's not real. And the fact that it is real makes it feel less real. And the fact that, you know, Paul is satisfied with eating just julienne fries and, and ribs or just like a burger from, uh, I don't know, TGI Friday or something like that, that makes me feel like that you could be getting out in the world. There's so much that the world can offer you that's beyond, you know, you know, apps from, uh, from Chili's. Dude, don't knock Chili's, man. They have <laughs> a skillet where it's basically cheese and taco meat <laughs> and you dip chips in it <laughs> and again you'll you'll be thirsty for about two and a half days afterwards <laughs> but it's really good <laughs> but what i'm saying is that a cereal is like our that is where we both can beat that's both where we can have criticism that's the both <laughs> both of us have the same kind of uh respect for cereal that we might not have for each other's other food worlds. Cereal is where we connect. And cereal is where it ends, too. I mean, we'll, we argue about milk sometimes. Because, uh, yeah, you uh, you still do cow milk, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I've moved on to that soy milk and feeling right. Oh, gross. Now, I will say I finally tried almond milk. Yeah. Ugh. It's too thin. <laughs> and it tastes like vanilla creamer. Uh, vanilla creamer. See, you need to get the unsweetened kind. You need to get the kind that they they, they put the, the fewer additives in there. You get the unsweetened soy milk. It's too thin. I, it's like it's it's clear. I, as I pour it, I can see through it. It's oh, it looks like when you are baking and you have to mix milk and water together. There's that's soy milk. <laughs> but see, here's the here's the, the the benefit of not using cow milk is that. Uh, my stomach doesn't feel like it's dying all the now, time. Now, that is a very good reason, and you have a pass. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, mean, I buy name brand cow milk. I mean, I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> you won't buy. You don't buy grocery store brand cow milk. Not anymore. I actually can taste the difference. So, what are you a Mayfield? Guy? I am a Mayfield man. That's right. See, I would be on board with you about the name brand milk, except that Publix milk, just like all Publix brands 
are delicious. I mean, I don't know how they do it. They, I feel like they must be manufacturing their own food somewhere. They're not using excess capacity from an actual place. It's like they've got a Publix facility down in Florida, and it's like Santa's workshop for generic groceries. <laughs> Yeah, it's got to be. It, I don't, it, it's like something magical. I have not yet been able to find a grocery store that has store brand foods that tastes as good as name brand foods. What's the high end grocery store in Los Angeles? Uh, like Bristol Farms. That's like it's even higher than I would say Whole Foods is. Oh, so what's like the Publix then? There isn't one. Of, There's no Publix. Well, I mean, so like Publix is like a, still a normal grocery store, but it's mm-hmm. like on the better side. Right. It's like I, I guess it would be sort of like the Macy's of mm-hmm. grocery stores, and then Kroger is like the Sears <laughs> of grocery stores. At least in Georgia, it is. Yeah, so I don't, yeah. I don't know. Is do they still have like Vons? Yeah, they st- there's a Vons out here, and that's like you know because it's Vons is better than Safeway, and like Ralph's has got like their Fresh Fair, which is a you know they, Kroger's got their Fresh Fair line too. They're the same company, but um. Which is so it's like a step up. It's almost like as good as Publix, but like Publix is, but it's still Kroger. Like you're still going to Kroger. You still feel like you're going into Kroger. You're still buying Kroger brands. It's just that it's got that Fresh Fair label on it. And they've got more fresh mm-hmm. foods around. Uh, yeah, there's not really a West Coast version of Publix. And it's the thing. It's one of the things I miss most about living in the Southeast is Publix. for love <laughs> oh that's a good one dude i think i had that cassette single whatever happened to singles no, i'm just kidding i'm not gonna do that anymore they should do singles for cereal i know they sell the variety pack <gasps> no but- they have those like cups where you peel the top off oh that's right they do have singles mm, i like those and what i like is they've made those available in normal retailers yeah so it's like i really want to try kellogg's crave but I don't want to commit to a whole box. I'm going to buy this single serving over here. I would like for our podcast to get to a, a level where cereal companies are sending us singles of their cereal to try out. Mm. I'm hoping that we get some screeners of, of cereal. That would be amazing. Where it's like pre-release cereals. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Can you imagine mm-hmm. if it's July and we're eating pumpkin spice Cheerios. Blowing people's minds. I mean, but you can't tell anybody. I mean, are you allowed to tell people? No, you can't tell anybody. It's, it's uh, embargoed. they got to be embargoed until October rolls around. That feels like something like, you know, <laughs> something that Sterling Archer would use as like a, a brag to pick up women. <laughs> you know, Kellogg sends me their new cornflakes every year. It's a pretty big deal. You know, I'm a kind of a kind of one of General Mills's. Uh, Seasonal ambassadors. So what do – when people are listening to our podcast, what are they going to get? They're going to get a little bit of history, a little bit of goofs, a little bit of life advice, all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah, I mean I think you know we have been doing some work. We've been doing some discussions. We're touching on a lot more than just cereal. We, you know, we've touched on the TV thing. Nick's a, a big uh, TV advocate who's educated in the field. I own a TV and watch stuff, Um, but we will talk about TV. We will talk about shopping experiences. We talk about the manufacturers of cereal. I really enjoy the history part um, because there's so many cereals out there, and I think people don't realize 
what it takes to develop some of these, what it takes to market some of these, and the fact that Fruity Pebbles is still on on the market is, I mean, that's a that's a miracle of of sales it's a miracle and marketing, marketing exactly. Yeah. So I think we're going to talk a lot about that. We're going to, I mean, if there's anyone from the Post Corporation listening right now, we are going to rip into Pebbles, man. Because Pebbles but, is objectively a terrible cereal. Yeah. Not the worst cereal on the market, but a terrible cereal. And the fact that it's still there using mascots that nobody has seen in like 20 years. That's incredible right there. The fact that the Flintstones are still used to sell cereal and vitamins to a demographic that doesn't even know what the Flintstones are. It's incredible. To the post to the post company, I say congratulations. Kudos to you, post company. We are going to talk some smack about pebbles, but kudos to you for keeping that relevant somehow. Yeah, but what do we know? Yeah. They're the ones who are making it happen. Just like the cap. It's a lot easier to break down than it is to build up. I feel like there's an actual saying that I messed up somehow. Eh, it's fine. Nailed it. Well, uh... Yeah, so um, what else do people need to know? And, of course, we want to know what the people think. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, that would be great. Uh, it'd be, you know, it's, it's nice for us to talk to each other about cereal, but it would be even better if we could all talk about cereal because t- Paul and I would just be talking about cereal anyway. But it would be nice if we could all have a conversation about it. We're pretty sure that other people are thinking the same things that we're thinking about cereal. Yeah, we definitely want to have guests. That's kind of the other thing that, you know, made this such an interesting topic to cover is when you tell people we're going to be talking about cereal, you know, the majority of people are like, oh yeah, I really love Frosted Flakes. I mean, right away you get that instant reaction. And then on top of it, when you find someone who's on the same side as you on a controversial cereal, you keep that friend close by. Any type of scholar, if there's anyone that um, has a PhD from the General Mills Bell Institute, um, and would like to join us? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're into it. But this is all for positive. I, I mean, we're not going to sit here and talk about any of the negatives, really, about cereal. I mean, there really are no negative um, attributes to cereal. For example, people may say a certain cereal has too much sugar, to which I reply, how is that a problem? <laughs> Some may, might, some people might say that the cereal scratches the their, the roof of their mouths and they have that weird phobia about the about the roof of their mouths being scratched up. I say just let it soak a little bit. Yeah. That's just a, that's just the consequence of an immature eater. Yeah, we've all been there. We all fell off a bike once or twice. You just gotta wait. You gotta wait, man. You just gotta you gotta let that cereal prime. The other thing that I will say is um, I'm more of a cereal purist. I don't really make too many. I don't doctor up the cereal. You know, if it's uh, Rice Krispies, I just eat it straight up. I don't believe in this insane, blatant disregard for food science of mixing cereals together like an animal. Oh, I love it so much. I'm like, I'm oh. more of a, uh, I'm more of a uh, jazz artist when it comes to cereal, <laughs> where I'll. Uh, I mix things up. I put fruit in there. I put all kinds of different kinds of things. Sometimes, here's something that I did with a hot cereal. Put a little cayenne pepper on that. Uh, was it oatmeal? It was oatmeal. Yeah. Oatmeal. Oh, so if you were, if you were talking like uh, cream of wheat or, or grits, mm-hmm. 
Now we're talking cayenne pepper. Yeah. O- oatmeal with uh, made with instead of made with, making it with milk, make it with water. Water, oatmeal, sriracha, and some uh, some like uh, green onion and a fried egg on top. Fried egg is essential. Why would, why don't you just break down and make grits? That's that's what you want. That's not what I want. But you were insisting on doing oatmeal. Oatmeal with green onions. Sriracha and a fried egg. It's a Parmesan that's too. Yeah, like hipster Waffle House is what that's called. <laughs> that's not hipster what is, Waffle House. What is that like? The what's a hipster? What's what would be a good name for a hipster Waffle House? The like the awful waffle, something like that. Something that rhymes. No, something like third shift. <laughs> <laughs> Or it would just be uh, what's the what's the Waffle House phrase? Smother, covered, fried, and something scattered. Diced, Diced. scattered. Yeah, it, it would just be those initials, the initials of that phrase put together. Oh yeah, very good. But it's kind of or like a one word, diced. Right. Or yeah, smothered and covered, but with no vowels. And it's one word with a hashtag in the beginning. <gasps> but the hashtag is made out of hash brown potatoes. Or a waffle. Yes. I think I think we just came up with a really good business idea that we need to maybe carry through on. Okay. We're going to figure that one out. We might have to stop doing this podcast and just work on our smothered covered hashtag idea. Is all the butter local? Of course not all the butter is local. All the butter – all syrup is uh, is from nowhere further away than 25 miles. And the honey – they have a honey <laughs> – they have a, a beehive in the back. Yeah, a beehive in the back. If you want honey, they they have to go out there and put on the beekeeper suit and get you the honey. You know, another thing that I want this podcast to do for everybody is to just dispel the fear that adults have of eating sweet, delicious cereals. There's, um, I feel like there's a, a stigma attached to being in your 30s and eating Lucky Charms. And to that, I say, nay. I was, I was on a trip with a client a couple years ago, and we had an early morning meeting. So we fly in the night before, and we're in the hotel, and I'm eating breakfast, and they come down, and they look at me because I'm eating Lucky Charms. And I'm like, it's okay, guys. You can have Lucky Charms, too. I won't tell your boss that <laughs> you had candy for breakfast. Yeah. I mean, so there's there's a big thing about, you know, just eat the cereals that you like. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, what's the point of being an adult if you can't have dessert whenever you want? <laughs> Nailed it. So, yeah, uh, this is the kind of thing that we're going to be doing every week or every couple of weeks. So um, we haven't figured that part out yet. I, mm-hmm. Paul, when we edit this, we'll just insert whatever time. I'm going to say every one week, every two weeks, every month. Depending on whatever one. You could just sit, sit in whatever one that we, we're actually going to do. And then, you know, we'll have um, online content to accompany everything. Mm-hmm. And we definitely want feedback. We want – I want all the negative feedback. And uh, Nick will take all the positive feedback. Yeah. And together, we're going to jumble that together. And the negative feedback is the cereal part and the positive feedback is the marshmallows. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, you know – just my my ego is too fragile for me to take any of the negative criticism. So if you could just feed me the positive stuff and give Paul the garbage, that's that'd be great. I appreciate it. Nick wants the uh, cold pressed organic juice, mm-hmm. and I want the Capri Sun. <laughs> Paul wants the sludge that that comes out of the juice machine after you've taken all the juice out. I want the juice. He wants the sludge. Yeah, so uh, listen to our podcast. Uh, we're going to just try to entertain you with all of our 
cereal goofs, I guess. Our cereality. Oh boy, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's, a, it's gonna be a lot of that, folks. It's gonna be a lot. It's of gonna that. it's it's gonna get it's gonna be surreal. Oh boy! Oh, that is gold. Oh, oh, oh my that's god! Not, that's not gold. Oh my it's god! It's gold. gold. It's, it's a golden gram oh, of no, delicious it's, cereality. That's garbage. It's garbage. Oh, oh my god! Uh, thanks for listening, guys, and we hope to uh, see you soon. Thank you. Thank you.